I go by Bren Spirit, and I've been going through the Kundalini Awakening process for about half my life now, so that's about 15 years. And I've talked to countless people that are also going through this process. I've had a very intense, up and down, challenging, insightful journey myself, which is ongoing. And so today I want to share seven tips that I was inspired to come up with to help you to go through your Kundalini Awakening process with ease. So let's just get right into it here. So the first tip here is to educate yourself. So there's tons of material on Kundalini Awakening, on spiritual awakening, on the energetic transformation that happens in conjunction with what we would call spiritual awakening. This material exists from ancient times, the past, as well as the present. There's every day there's new information that people are publishing that's coming out uh, from around the world, east and west. And they're discussing this, you know, energetic transformation, Kundalini awakening process. Okay. So when I say educate yourself, I don't mean that you have to become an expert. I don't mean that you have to read every book that's out there and know every single little detail. But at the very least, through self-education, you can become aware that what you're going through is a real, well-known, well-documented process. Okay. So in doing so, this will help you to feel validated. It'll help you to know that you're not alone because, of course, there's people out there that have you know taken time to publish books and and you know, given seminars and all these types of things on Kundalini. And of course, through this education process, you'll pick up some useful information that will you know, serve you on your way. I think that's very important. The number one challenge that I see people going through this process with is confusion. You know, what's happening to me? What is this? What's going on here? And so that's why I think it's important to take a little bit of initiative and educate yourself. Number two, tip number two is to adapt. So as we know, human beings, we are, you know, the most adaptable species on the planet. Whenever there's change, we adapt for the most part, as much as we can, as best we can, at least collectively. Individually, it's a little different, of course, depends on the circumstances and whatnot. But collectively, human beings are very, very adaptable. So Kundalini Awakening brings about significant change in your life. And so it's absolutely necessary that you recognize this and decide to adapt, okay? So you must be willing to make certain lifestyle changes that are gonna support your process. You're not gonna be able to continue bad habits or bad, you know, negative, uh, unhealthy patterns while simultaneously expecting this process to just go smoothly as if it's got nothing to do with you and your lifestyle. Okay, it has everything to do with you and your lifestyle. For example, you know, if a key member of your family passes away, unfortunately, or you lose your job, maybe your house burns down, for the most part, automatically you're going to figure out how to adapt. Maybe in the beginning, yeah, it's difficult. You got to process some of the grief, but eventually you're, you recognize, I've got to adapt. I've got to make some changes. So, Kundalini Awakening is similar in the sense that you must recognize that your life has now changed. And in order to move forward, you must adapt. You cannot pretend that this is not happening to you. That's really what I'm trying to say here. You cannot pretend that you're not being called to make some changes to support your process because this entire journey is about making those changes. And it's a journey, okay? There's ups and downs. You don't have to be perfect, but you have to be willing to participate, to participate in this process. 
So the next tip I have here is to develop a relationship with your body. So Kundalini awakening means your body is awakening. So when I say your body, I don't mean shoulders down. I mean also your head. So your head is going to go through the awakening. You're going to have shifts in perception. Your mind, which is part of your body, will go through shifts as well. But of course, I really want to emphasize the body aspect here, head to toe. You have to develop a relationship with your entire system head to toe. Okay, So spirituality, spiritual awakening, these shifts, even meditation. It's not just about philosophy and ideas. It's not just about, um, you know, the way we perceive the world. It's also about our nervous system itself, right? Our nervous system includes our entire body. And so the nervous system also goes through changes. And, you know, some might say, I, I think I've seen this people, you know, they describe, you know, your nervous system is what's experiencing the, the world. And it's giving you signals that you interpret as, you know, reality, but really it's all about your nervous system. That's life. And so this entire process is a nervous system transformation. And the nervous system is of course contained within your body. Okay. So this process takes place on every level. It's not just spiritual, it's emotional, it's physical, it's biological, it's sexual. Okay. It's relational. Your relationships will go through changes. It's divine. It's human. It's primal. It's all of these things. Okay. And this is all to do with the body. Right? The body is all of these things as well. Okay, So if you have a healthy relationship with your body, your kundalini process can unfold in a healthy way. As well, you may go through some changes in your diet, the food that you want to eat, that you're drawn to eat. My suggestion is to cultivate the skill of eating intuitively, tuning in. What, what would feel right for me to eat right now? How does that feel? If I imagine myself eating something, what's my body's reaction? Is it a yes or is it a no? Develop this skill. You don't have to be perfect at it, but develop this skill and see what your body's asking. As well, avoid substance abuse. I know for some, you know, this is a sickness, is an illness, addiction. And I would say that, of course, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor or therapist or counselor or, uh, you know, addiction expert. But I would say that seek out those, those supports, recognizing that part of adapting to your kundalini awakening, part of adapting to your spiritual awakening process is, is addressing those uh those health issues that you may have like addiction and so just like i'm saying you know the entire kundalini awakening process is a body process it involves your entire body these drugs substances are all going to have an impact likely a negative impact so you must be very mindful of the things that you're consuming food as well as these substances and this goes for even things like caffeine so caffeine is you know it's very commonplace uh, you know, people give caffeine to little kids as if it's, you know, just nothing. But uh, you may find that as you go through this process, you become very sensitive to everything that you consume, including food, drugs, even media, content on the internet, consuming information from, you know, people that they're talking to you about. All of this, you may become very sensitive to it and you may have very strong uh, reactions. And so it's very important to recognize that even coffee, you may have to, you know, change your relationship with it a little bit of course we know as well you know caffeine uh, triggers anxiety and things like that too so so keep that in mind as well you may have to make some adaptations there as well when it comes to developing a relationship with the body find safety in your body by bringing awareness into the parts of you that feel unsafe so it's in our body that we experience pain hurt trauma you know all of the the negative conditioning that we carry it's literally in our body. 
think there's a book, you know, it's a popular book, The Body Keeps the Score, right? So, of course, the body is keeping the score and Kundalini is an entire bodily transformation. And so, yes, your body may have pain, it may have trauma, that may be a, a, not a safe place for you to be. And I understand that. But in developing a relationship with your body, you must develop uh, newfound safety within it, which means addressing the parts of you that don't feel safe. So this means going in, making some inquiry, maybe journaling, maybe writing, maybe working with a therapist, figuring out what is it that makes me feel unsafe to bring awareness deep into my body, to be a, you know abiding deep in my heart, to keep my feet on the ground. What is it that makes that uncomfortable, that makes you want to avoid, maybe makes me anxious? Really look deep into the parts of you that um, don't feel like openly welcoming of your presence within your body. So find safety in your body. And this is a, you know, it's a lifelong journey. It's not just something, you know, you can't just listen to a YouTube video like this and say, okay, I got it. It's it's ongoing work, okay? Um, the whole the whole process is ongoing. It's going to take the rest of your life. But there's just things that you should bring some attention to that will help you to um, move forward in a grounded way. As well, move as often as you can. This will support the movement of the energy through your body. And of course, it will support your mental health, your physical health. It'll help you to stay grounded. So move. And I don't mean move like, you know, run marathons. But typically in the West, especially now working from home and all this stuff, we have very sedentary lives. Um, so see if you can make a little bit of an effort to go out, maybe walk, maybe stretch, maybe, you know, pick up a, a hobby that gets you to move, whatever it is. But move and this will just, you know, almost unintentionally help some of the uh, the transformation to carry itself out. So tip number four here is to honor silence. So in some traditional contexts, like monasteries, the monks there, you know, they may take a vow of silence. And this is intended to facilitate the spiritual awakening process. So you don't necessarily need to take a vow of silence, but you can recognize the benefits of being quiet at times. Okay. So my suggestion here is to think, you know, 10, 20 times, really tune in and see whether this is the right move or not before openly talking about your far out, you know, potentially uh, crazy talk, kundalini awakening process to people that aren't really interested in this stuff, to people that, you know, likely won't uh, be able to openly and easily accept it. Really, really take time to reflect is a good idea that I open up to certain people about what I'm going through or is it just going to backfire? Really, honor silence and move from that place. Now, this doesn't mean that you don't speak about it. You can, of course, but speak about it sparingly. And if you do speak about it as if it's, you know, it's a private topic, give it some reverence, give it some some respect, you know, as if you were talking about your your personal health issues or, you know, your your intimate life with a partner. You don't just go talking about this to anybody, whoever listen and whatever. No, you approach it with a little bit of care, a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of reluctance because they're intimate, sensitive topics that demand our respect. Same with this, should be approached in the same way, okay? So, like I said, you can talk about this with people, but, you know, make sure that they're people that you trust. Maybe they're a spiritual guide, maybe they're your therapist, counselor, um, maybe you have somebody that's open-minded, open-hearted, they're your friend, they're your loved one. Those are the people that you can talk to. But what I'm trying to say here is that, you know, 
don't stand on your roof and start yelling about this to people. Don't, you know, start posting about it on your Facebook for your entire network to see. Because for the most part, most people are not going to be able to understand and they will likely, um, you know, label you, judge you. And that leads to all sorts of challenges um, that could be avoided if you honor silence. And this is why, uh, you know, it's one reason why, like I said, in some traditions, like there's precepts, there's rules. Don't, you don't talk about any of this stuff with anybody, even people within the monastery that are going through this. Sometimes you don't talk about them, talk about these things with even those people. And so this is something to keep in mind here. It's important to understand that many cannot and will not be able to validate and support you. Why? It's, it's very simple. This is a very rare process. And yes, many more, more, more and more people are experiencing it, but it's still rare. And it's very hard to validate somebody that's going through, you know, some sort of energetic spiritual awakening process called Kundalini um, when a person hasn't experienced it themselves, right? It's, it's not easy. And so we shouldn't put that type of pressure on people to, to just validate us, you know, right off the top just because we're talking about it with them, you know. Likely they may think that we've, we're, we're, that we have some issues and we need, you know, to get some help. As well, you can honor silence and use it as a way to avoid coming across as arrogant and speaking as if, you know, you're better than others. Now, on this path, everything gets amplified, right? Emotions, thoughts, um, the energy in our bodies. It all can be amplified. Sexuality, our libido, all of this can be amplified, including qualities like arrogance, right? Overconfidence. And so it's important to be mindful that, yes, at times you may feel like you're special, better than other people because you're going through a Kundalini awakening and they're not. And when we might feel that way, you may want to start telling people about it because you want them to recognize that you're special, right? It's coming from a place of insecurity deep down. But if we recognize that we have to honor silence, that will protect us from blurting things out at the wrong time to the wrong people coming from the wrong place and damaging relationships. So that's important. Honor silence. Keep this thing keep this to yourself. And like I said, you know, think 10, 20 times before opening your mouth about this kind of stuff. As well, you can honor silence and use it as a way to challenge yourself to live with integrity, to embody and live your transformation out through your actions and through your energy, through the the, the energy that you transmit throughout the world as opposed to solely just your words, right? You don't want to just talk about what you've been through. You want to demonstrate it through your actions. And so you can honor silence and use that as a way to ensure that you're, you know, genuinely living what, uh, you know, you might want to talk to people about. Tip number five here is to cultivate stillness. So traditionally, seated, silent meditation in stillness it's commonly used as the main practice for spiritual development, right? We see this a lot in yoga. We see a lot in Buddhism. Now, you don't need to commit to hours and hours of seated meditation like a monk. For some, maybe that's where we're called. But for most people, I don't think so. But you can cultivate stillness and inner spaciousness to allow this process to unfold without interfering in it. Okay, So this may mean lying down and just allowing the energy to move through you allowing whatever's going to arise to come up. Maybe it's going to spontaneously move your body, which are called kriyas, you know, the spontaneous kind of jerking and shaking and stretching. Maybe that's going to happen. 
But if you're abiding in a place of stillness or you kind of just observe this happening, that's the ideal way to approach it. So you can find that stillness lying down, seated. You can also find this stillness walking slowly and mindfully during like a walking meditation. So you can walk and even though your body is moving, you can find that there's part of you that's not moving. It's part of you that's still. And if you abide there, you can move and walk and let the energy move, but you're still. So cultivate stillness in this way. It's the best place to be, like a place of stillness. It's the best place to abide as the chaos of Kundalini moves through you. Because sometimes it can be chaotic. Not always, but sometimes. Okay? And it's in this place of stillness that we find non-resistance, surrender, and acceptance, which are, of course, all key values needed for this process to unfold smoothly. Tip number six here is to... Heal, you must feel. So the Kundalini force is going to bring up things from your past that has been stored in your muscles, your chakras, your psyche, your nervous system, your memory. So whatever's brought up through this process, right? The energy is moving through your system and it's bringing things up, okay? Whatever's coming forth is coming forth not to victimize you. It's not coming from the outside inwards. The kundalini isn't doing this to you. It's being brought up by the kundalini because you've been carrying it this whole time anyway. And so now it's being brought up to be released, to be purged, to be burned up, to be thrown out. Okay, it's a purification. And so things are going to arise and you will feel these things very intensely. Now, you may have knee-jerk reactions when things arise. You may want to avoid, you may want to distract, you may want to pretend it's not there. You may want to numb out, you may want to, you know, run away. The idea here is to recognize that you must feel it in order to heal it. You must be fully present with these things in order to allow it to be released, okay? What's happening here is not meant to harm you. It's, it's meant to heal you, okay? The things you've been carrying pain, the trauma, the conditioning, the karma, the vasanas or the samskaras. These things have all been influencing your life in subtle ways, you know, unconscious ways. They've been influencing your relationship with other people, with yourself, with the world, with your career, with life, with death, with sickness, with success, with abundance, with fear. All of these things are all influencing us on subtle ways, unconscious ways that we're not even fully able to recognize it. You can call it your shadow. All of these things, they're, they're influencing us, okay? And they have been this whole time. So let them come forth. Let it them be brought up from your unconscious into your conscious awareness. Shine light on the shadow. Let the kundalini shine light on your shadow. Let those things be seen. Feel them fully and then release them, okay? Because like I'm saying, it's not like they're stored up in your psyche out of the way, not, not having any negative impact on your life. They are, and every moment our shadow is, is influencing us in negative ways. Not always perceptible. Some of those things may play out long-term over decades, but it's there. So we can't pretend that, you know, we can just store this stuff up, ball it up, and pretend it's not there, and it's not going to influence our life. It always is. So... Don't fight any things that are arising. Just observe from that place of stillness, okay? And recognize, it's like throwing up. It's like throwing up poison, okay? Vomiting is uncomfortable, of course, but for a short while, you know, 
maybe a minute or so. But being poisoned and carrying that poison in your system and letting it infiltrate every aspect of your being and your life in the long run, that's way worse than vomiting. So recognize this. You must feel everything in order to heal everything. Okay. Finally, tip number seven here. Find hope and know that you're not a victim. So you can look to the stories of those that have gone through this process. There are many. This has to do with also, like I said, the first tip here is to educate yourself, knowing that there are success stories of people that have gone through this process. Okay. And you can use these stories. There's mystics, there's teachers, there's guides, there's, you know, people all around the world. There's average people. Um, there's people with tons of books, there's doctors, there's therapists, psychologists, there's healers, there's so many different people from all different walks of life that have gone through this process. And you can use their stories to inspire some glimmer of hope during the times where you are, you know, deep in the darkness in the thick of this purification process, really like a lot of your shadow is coming forth, right? You can turn to those stories and remember, okay, yeah, this person, they resonate with me. They seem trustworthy. I like their vibe. I like their message. Something about them is, is speaking to me. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, gamble that they were telling the truth when they said, you know, that this is a healing process. I'm going to gamble on them telling the truth that, you know, this is going to work out. Okay. So this is how we cultivate hope. You can know that this is an evolutionary growth process. It is a gift of transformation and healing. Now, some may say, you know, I didn't ask for any of this. Yeah. I understand. This may have happened to you spontaneously. You may have had no interest in spirituality. And here it is, you know, Kundalini awakening, moving through you like a, like a volcano, like a storm. I understand. I still would argue that it is a gift. Sometimes we're given gifts, you know, that we didn't ask for. Okay. This is one of those gifts, you know, you can't return it. There's no, uh, you know, gift receipt. Um, you can't turn it off. And you can't turn back on this journey. So acknowledge this. This is your life now. You must adapt. Okay, that's it. Accept, you must adapt, right? And so through adaptation, that means that you got to find a way to shift your mindset around your situation, to shift out of feeling like, you know, you're a victim and to find courage. Find courage. Find a little bit of glimmer of hope. See if you can turn that hope into a little bit of gratitude. And then from gratitude, you can turn it into a little bit of excitement about this process. Get a little excited. Then from excitement, you can recognize that you will go through healing cycles. And after healing cycle finishes, maybe it's, you know, a dark night, like one particular night, a sleepless night, or maybe it's a weekend or a week or a month. But once you come out of that, the world looks a little bit brighter. You feel lighter. You feel healed. You can quite literally feel it. You feel more spacious, more confident, There's a little bit of like a glow to you that you never had before. So you can get excited about that. And when you get excited about those things, then you can become invincible. And when you're invincible, that's how you know, that's when you know that nothing here is coming to harm me. This is a gift. I'm not a victim. Then from invincibility, then you get, get kind of badass and you can say, oh, some difficulties are rising in me. All right, let's sit with it. Let's sit with it and clear this out. Because once it's cleared, I know, because I'm so confident about this process now, I know that it's going to work out and I'm going to feel better than ever. I'm going to be you know, more embodied than ever. going to have be more in touch with my divine nature than ever, right? And so, of course, then you're invincible because you, you know that this is, not, this is not happening in vain for no reason. This is a gift. It's an evolutionary growth process, okay? 
You're not a victim. None of us are. Keep going and I'll will unfold smoothly for you. So that's it for my seven tips today. You can check out the other videos on my channel for more Kundalini content. I've got over 50 episodes talking all about, you know, some of the themes we've talked about today. I've got some interviews with people that have been traveling for a long time, you know, decades, some of them 50 years, uh, a lot of wisdom there. Um, I also have a course coming out that's going to dive deep into all of the things related to Kundalini that I can really, you know, cram into this course. I'm going to really give my all in it. Uh, I'm working on the outline so far. Some of the ideas shared today are a little bit of inspiration, but we're really going to go deep. It's going to be hours and hours of, you know, everything that I can put together for you. Um, once it's out, all the information will be in the description. I've got some other courses coming out as well. You can stay tuned for all of that. You can uh, join my free newsletter uh, by entering your email. And when you enter your email, you'll receive my free eBooks and audiobooks. Uh, that's on my website, brentspirit.com. As well, if you find this work meaningful and you feel called to make a donation to support me and to keep this work going, or if you'd like to meet with me one-on-one -on -one to uh, you know, sit down and explore some of your spiritual journey and some of the challenges you may have, you can visit brentspirit.com to find out all about that. As well, you can connect with me on Instagram. I'm pretty active there lately, at brentspirit. And of course, if you're not on Instagram, I completely understand. You can also reach me by email, info at brentspirit.com. With any questions you may have about your Kundalini awakening process, I'll do my best to get back to you with a response as soon as I can. So until next time, much love and peace.